this morning, I'm just going to talk to you this morning. If you're looking for a title of the message, it's called Dynamic Faith, which I'm excited about. And we just want to welcome you back. I know we're in, how many of you know that it may be summertime, but God's not on vacation? And, uh, you know, we have a lot of people on vacation, but, you know, God's not. And uh, last week we talked about prejudice and how the way we treat others shows the motives of our heart. You know, and uh, we're talking about James. It's practical lessons from Jesus' little brother. And uh, James uh, provides, uh, he's kind of the Proverbs of the New Testament. And that uh, he was the brother of Jesus. He's talking about, he's talking to Jewish believers at this time in this, in this book. I mean, I love James. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. James is a spiritual GPS. It, it gives you a direction to our destination. And I believe this. I believe that every one of us should have a God-given passion. Amen? How many of you have a passion for God? And God gives you a passion to do something, to be someone. To, God puts a call on your life. If you might not have a call to be a pastor. You may, you may have a call to be a nurse. You may have a call to be a, out in the oil patch. You may be a call to be a mom. Whatever it is, whatever you're called to be, God has a call on you. And, it gives, and the Bible gives direction for our lives. How many of you believe that? And so what happens is he writes this book very directly and forward. So what I want to do is I'm going to get right into the Word, and I want to share some principles with you, what the Word of God says. In verse 14, he says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters? We're starting over in, in James chapter 2. If you say uh, you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you have a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye. And have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? See, your faith... So, so, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith, his actions worked together his actions made his faith complete and so it happened just as the scripture says abraham believed god and god counted him as righteous because of his faith he was even called the friend of god so you see we are shown to be shown to be right with god by what we what we by what we do not by faith alone rahab the pro prostitute is another example she was shown to be right with god by her actions, she, so when she hid, uh, hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, and so faith is dead without good works. Thank God for his word. Amen? Amen. Faith, faith, in it, faith is a belief in something that has a, cor, a corresponding action behind it. It means that faith, there's an action behind faith. For most of us, you get in your, you got in your car this morning and, and you put in the key in the ignition and you started your car with faith that you were going to go somewhere. For some of you, it might have been a 50-50 option. I don't know for when you got in your car. 
But for many of us, we just put our key in there and we go, it's going to start and we're going to go down the road. And, 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 you know, when you got to church this morning, you sat in your chair and you were saying, well, you know, you didn't even think about my faith. I'm going to sit down. And when I sit down, it's going to hold me up. It's not a collapse. I remember I had that one time I was in Cape Town, South Africa, getting ready to preach at this new church. And my friend, uh, Pastor Gideon, uh, uh, Gideon, can you believe that? Anyway. Gideon's Bibles. But anyway, I'm about to get ready to, we just worship, and I go sit down in the chair, and the chair totally collapses, breaks. I mean, they're like, oh, my God, we killed the American pastor. You know, they they picked up, you know, I'm I'm fine. I made some jokes when I got up there and preached and everything else. It was good. But I remember, I mean, I just sat there. I'm used to American chairs, maybe. In Africa, you just don't know what you're going to sit in, all right? So it's a 50-50 option. But you know what? Pastor James is trying to get us to realize that you put all your faith in something, but there needs to be something corresponding. There needs to be actions to go with your faith. And so, you know, our faith in Jesus should be a result in a form of action. What does that mean? The Bible is clear that faith is essential to our Christianity. How many of you believe that? Many of you are here because you came to a place of a place in your own personal life that you had to come and you say, you know what, I've been living a certain way and by faith I receive all that God has for me. By faith I accept that Jesus died on the cross. Not only did he die on the cross, but he rose from the grave. And because of that, I believe that he can take my dead life, my emptiness, and he can fill me with his life, his purpose, and his desire that he has because God has a destiny for my life. And we receive that by faith. I mean, amen. You remember that day. Many of us remember the day, the year, the time, and the hour. I do. And, and it's like that God came and he literally came and filled our lives that were once empty. And because of that faith, that one act of faith that I believe what he did that you're saved today it took faith but it took an action it took you to confess your sins to confess your your need for God and not only confess that but say God I can't do it by myself I need you to back me up and be with me and the Bible says that he doesn't leave us he doesn't forsake us he doesn't get rid of us amen when you're when you're up at night with your kids Jesus is up at night with you watching over your children you see the Bible says this our faith You know, Ephesians says God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Salvation is totally due to the grace of God. Amen? Corinthians says that for we live by believing and not by seeing. You know, I love the scripture in Hebrews. It says... It is impossible to please God without what? Come on, preach with me. It's impossible to please God without what? See, are you coming here this morning? You may be coming here this morning, and you know, you're kind of feeling lonely. Can I just tell you something? You have a friend that seeks closer than her brother. Maybe you came this morning, and you're confused about what to do. He, the Bible says he's the door. All you got to do is knock on the door, and he can, you can open the door, and he'll give you direction. He'll give you a place where you can walk through that door, and, you know, and he will guide you and lead you. Maybe you're feeling like you're, 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 you know, you're, you're just walking in a haze. The Bible says he's the good shepherd. A good shepherd leads you. The good shepherd protects you. The good shepherd makes sure you're okay. Faith hopes for the unseen because it believes God is. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly what we think or what we can even ask. God's able. 
when we're not able, God's able. You know, I, I'm, I'm standing here today by the grace of God, you know, that three and a half years ago, I, di- I got diagnosed with cancer. This past week, I mean, one of the greatest things, I went over there, I've been carrying a, uh, a um, thank you, St. Frank, all the people, over. I've been carrying a port for two and a half years so they could hook me up to chemotherapy. But this week, I got it out. You know, and I'm like, just one more step closer to my, you know, believing that I'm fully healed. I mean, you know, I don't know what my journey has, but for me, it's a moment of excitement because we go to the doctor and, you know, and they said, uh, when do you want, I said, doc, I want the port out. And they go, well, when do you want it out? I said, man, I'll take it out. We can do it right now in my office. And Luke and Libby fought over, fought over the port when he took it out. <laughs> and, 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 you know, but for me, it's just a victory. Amen. And for some of you, you're walking through things, and you know what? You're having to stand on something that you don't see, and it's called faith. You're going, how am I going to get past where I'm at right now? Because I don't see the end, but I know I'm in this moment, and I'm going to believe God that God's going to do something incredible that I can't see. And for some of us, that, that means a relationship. That means something in your body. That means something that maybe can't happen on the face of this earth. But one day in heaven, everything that you believe for and everything you, you, you fought for, it's going to be revealed what you were fighting for and what you were believing for. You see, faith is central to in our lives, and it should never be without an action. Faith is an action word. It's believing something that you can't see. It's hoping for something that you don't know how it's going to happen. You know, I'm a product of just faith. Someone that had a, and you know, y'all have heard my story, and I don't want to bore you, bore you with it. But you know what? I had people that stood in faith when I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why I had circumstances happen the way they did. Or people were brought in my life, and they began to share with me about Jesus. They began to share Jesus with me. Can I tell you something? My grandmother and her prayer group were behind the scenes praying in faith. They were taking action, and they didn't see all the stuff that was going on in my mind, in my heart. And the people that I was running into, and I thought, what is going on here? People are just driving me crazy with this Jesus stuff. Because it was an all-out assault and prayer. And listen, when you pray, you release heaven. How do you need a little heaven on you? You ought to be praying, man. Because then prayer ushers in heaven. You know, the, the Jewish people, they didn't pray. They would be shocked. Many churches in America would be shocked at how the Jews pray. You know how they go? They go to the welling wall, okay? Right now, they modern Israel, but back in the day, they were quiet in the in, in the, the Holy of Holies. They were like, oh God, we need your mercy. We need your grace. Oh God, we bring a sacrifice this morning. In this sacrifice, we slay this lamb that you would forgive our nation for our sins. And the Bible says that Jesus was slain for our sins. He is the Lamb of God. We don't need a bag. The Bible says we can go before the, bo- the, the throne, throne with boldness. Come on. When's the last time you've been bold before the throne? Look, if you're bold before the throne, you can be bold before men. If you're wimpy before the throne, you may be wimpy around men. Thanks for those amens. I'll amen myself. That was good, Pastor Bob. James chapter 2, verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say we have faith but don't show it by our actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Let me just say this. Don't be deceived. 
See, when people say we need, to, we need to be balanced and we need to walk with God, you know what they're saying is like, you know, be quiet. You need to have a little faith mixed with a little doubt. <laughs> That's what they mean by balanced. But see, balance is this. You know what? I'll just say this. I'll never be balanced in God. You know why? Because the scale's always going to be tipping. Hey, man. How many, you know, how many, let, let me ask you something. How many have a need in God? How many have a need in God right now? Just right now. You have a need in God. Come on, don't lie to me. Don't just raise your hand. How many have a need in God? And see, when you raise your hand, you're thinking about that need. God saw that need. And he wants you to, he wants you to give him that need that you have. Not your greed, your need. Not what you want, but what you need this morning. You know, we all come to God with needs. We all, have, we all come to God with burdens. We all come to God. But it's whether or not we come to God. And we lay those at his feet. And we give those to him. See, I believe that God wants us to find the balance between faith and works. What it means. It's an action. See, have you ever, have you, you know, a couple of weeks, have you ever rode a bike and, um, and something broke down on it? Like the brakes? How many you know, how many ever had your brakes break on your bike? And you needed to stop. Oh, shoot, and you didn't. Come on. You know? Or have you ever ha- had a flat tire? You know, you're trying to ride your bike because you have been a long distance, but you're going to ride it on a flat tire. Remember those days when you were young? Or you get on it, and it's flat, and you don't have an air pump? You know? Or, or, or your chain comes off. You remember that? Dang, maybe. You know, I remember when, I mean, that was, that's the worst. Or it gets caught up in your pants. You know, and, and you get all that chain grease and everything else. You know, or, the, or, you know, it's like I shared with you the other day. It's like, you know, a pedal comes off and you're trying to, you know, you got one, one leg way out here and you, and you got to wait for the thing to come up. And What's crazy, we believe we can ride a bike like that, but think about this. But it's, the reality is we ride it with one leg sticking out and everything, but it, work, but it works for a while, it might, but, it, but it won't last. It's just like you never, it was never designed, to, you know, it was never designed that way. And it's the same way. Faith is not designed to work alone. Faith is designed to work with works, and works is designed to work with faith. And it's like you get down somewhere a lot quicker and you see God's results rather than trying to figure it out yourself. Does that make sense? And so there's three lifestyles of faith, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The first lifestyle of faith, Corinthians says this, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Whew, isn't that good? It says test yourself. Wow. It's knowing, it's, it's knowing it, what it really means, do you know him personally? That's the big test. Do you know Jesus personally? And when you know him personally, guess what? You know, life is just a test. It's a test of the emergency broadcasting system. It's only a test of the emergency broadcast, of the eternal broadcasting system. It's only a test. For the next 38 days, you will experience tests, trials, temptation. You may be lured away. Oh my, oh me, it's only a test. Wouldn't it be great if it came on? Woo! An hour from now, your test begins. It would be great. It just doesn't happen that way. But here's the thing. You know, faith, 
There, there, here's three lifestyles of faith. Number one, the first kind of faith that is dead. There's a dead kind of faith. James chapter 2, verse 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. And it, it is dead and useless. John Calvin said this. It's faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies is never alone. It means that the faith we have is what justifies us, and the works are the result of our faith. You have two pedals. You have faith, and you have works. We need both to be balanced. Here's two indicators that your faith is dead, okay? Can I just give them to you? Here's two little indicators. Number one, lip service, not lifestyle. James says this in 15, 16. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a great day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does that do? In other words, isn't isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous? (laughs) Just a lot of God talk, but without a lot of no God action. See, I believe this. If God puts a need, if God puts you before someone and they have a need, God may put you in that situation for you to meet that need. Here's the mistake people make. Look at me. I want to see the watch here. We need to call Pastor Bubba. We need to call the church. Sometimes there's a great need and you may need to call the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But there's other times God's going, I'm allowing you to see this so you meet that need. I've had people come in with burdens about things, and I go, well, it's really not my burden. That sounds like it's your burden. So how can we help you fulfill your burden? You need some prayer? You need some encouragement? You need something? Let's see what we can do. We want to help you. But see, I see a lot of people that have a lot of lip service but no lifestyle behind. Y'all still love me? Okay, well, I hope you, after this next one, I hope, okay? The second one, leaves no fruit. Leaves, like leaves, like tree leaves. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You know, we're, we're not, the Bible says, you know, how many of you have heard this? You're not supposed to judge me. You ever heard that? You're judging me. No, I'm not really judging you. I'm just, I'm just looking at the fruit. Believe me, if the tree got rotten fruit, it ain't a good tree. And see, the problem is you got a lot of people that's got a lot of leaves with no fruit. And Jesus said this. He says he's going to come back, and he's going to do a little tree inspection. And when he does, remember when he came back, the one he, remember when it, went, it shriveled up, and then they cut it down, and they threw it into the fire. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to hell or anything. But I do believe that's a real place, but it was never created for us. It was actually originally designed for the devil and the fallen angels. God didn't intend man to go there. But if you want to live your life without him, the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. Matthew, you see, so Jesus, remember, Jesus cursed that fig tree. And I, I believe there's, there, the tree that has a lot of leaves but no fruit is going to be dealt with. And here's what I want. God, whatever you got to cut out of my life, whatever you got to do in my life, if you got to prune some things back, cut away. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just cut it away. And sometimes we don't like things cut away in our lives. Sometimes we don't like what has to happen in our lives in order for fruit to be produced. You know, this week, this week I was out there because preparing for the message and thinking about it and everything. We have, we have a couple of fruit trees on the church. We've got a big fig tree, kind of cut that up a little bit. And, and I, I cut it up, don't worry about it. And, and, but uh, it's got a lot of figs this year, a lot of figs. But I cut it away about three years ago, really bad. And, you know, little fruit. But this year looks like it's going to be a bunker crop, okay? And then we got like a little orange tree. And uh, it's going to have, I think I counted 35 little oranges on it. So I'm like, I'm excited. You know, and I'll go out there once in a while, and I'll just go look at them. You know what I mean? And it's just fruit. It's good to have a fruit tree around a church. Amen? And then we have this other one tree. It's called blood oranges. You ever, you ever those? Come on, Shaq. Now, let me tell you something. The devil robbed me about two years ago of my blood oranges. And if any of y'all need to confess, you can come see me after church. They were ripe. And I, told, I pulled one off. I showed Miss Margie, what? I've never seen one. She goes, oh, pastor, that's a blood orange. I go, what's a blood orange? Man, that's sweet. But you don't pick that till like January, February, all that. She's telling me all. She educated me about blood oranges. Where is she, Miss Margie? There you go. Remember? Hey, Amen. So I waited. I waited and waited, and I went to go pick them up, pick them off the tree one day, and someone picked them. I was waiting to eat. I know Miss Margie didn't take it. I asked her. She goes, I know. I'm playing with you, Margie. I know. I know she didn't take them because she was educating me. She was wanting me to eat them. But it, it's not producing any oranges this year, so I'm mad. But anyway, I just tell you, you might need to, if you don't, if you took them, you, you don't need to confess. Just bring me a basket in February, January with a note on it. And I repent, Pat. No, anyway, just playing with you. But it's like, you know, it's like, I, I believe this. The enemy is always there trying to rob you of the fruit. He's always trying to rob you of fruit. And that's where, let me just, dynamic faith. You know, Matthew says a good tree can't produce bad fruit. The bad tree can't produce good fruit it's just like our lives you see the second thing the second kind of faith is faith that is deceived james chapter 2 verse 19 says you you say you have faith for you for you believe and there is one god good for you even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror this is tough but they believe that god is and god they, they believe god is and is god but don't believe in God. You see, there, there's an awareness that there is a God, but I'm not going to change anything to make anything different happen in my life. Here's some signs of being deceived, okay? Here's a sign. Number one, knowledge, A, knowledge with no, no, no change. Well, you say, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something different. Let me just give you a profile of a rebel. Can I do that this morning? It's not in your notes, but a profile of a The first profile of a rebel is, you know, it's like, I sh you know, it's like they're deceived. They don't tell the truth. They don't tell the truth unless their back's against the wall. They're filled with pride. They won't obey. You see... They never tell the truth. They never totally obey. They always shift the blame. 
That wasn't me. That was them. That was that. Always cover themselves to look good. Questions authority. You see, part B, no love for Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, not so we could have things, all right? He died so we could have a relationship with him. People mix it up. They want things rather than God himself. Just one one example of being deceived is just a lack of love for Jesus. Just a real lack. The next one is rebellion with no repentance. It's a refusal to obey, not submit to God's authority. They, they don't want to change personally. They, uh, they may say they're sorry to their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their wife or their husband, but they don't change. Sorry for what I did. Sorry for what I... But there's that continual thing. Continual. It's a cycle. It's a refusal of obedience. It's a refusal of brokenness. The last thing is, and I think I love, faith is one I want to tip on. Faith that is dynamic. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? It's living. It's a living faith. Not only is it living, it's active. It's dynamic. It's getting us to... To our destination. James chapter 2 verse 22. You see his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. When we look at the example that he gave in Abraham. Abraham he said justification came because of his belief in God. But his belief in God was incomplete without an action. And we know the action. God said take your son. Take your son Isaac the promised one. To the mountain. I tell you what, I couldn't take my son without faith in God to the mountain. I'm mean, talking about that Abraham had faith. He says, come on, Isaac, let's go. Dad, where are we going? Oh, we're going up to the mountain, and we're going to, where, where's the sacrifice? <laughs> in his mind, are you it? No, he didn't. He, went, he was in God. And remember what he said? God will provide, son. Son, God will provide. Can you imagine? He gets up there, and he has his son help him. Arrange the altar that his son's fixing to get on. Then he has his son come up to the altar. And the Bible says he takes a knife and he's about the sacrament. On the one hand, God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you kids and, and add to them more than the sands of the sea. And on the other hand, he tells him, hey, you've got you to take your son as a sacrifice. His faith in God was so strong that he did what God said, believing that God was going to still fulfill his promise. And as he was about to do it, God said, stop, Abraham. And all of a sudden, what did they say? There was a ram in the bushes. And they went, hey, son, let's go. I bet he was, I bet he was excited to sacrifice that. And God blessed him because it was faith with his works, with his action. See, faith is not believing in spite of evidence. Faith is, is obeying in spite of the consequences. Faith is not believing in spite of evidence. 
Faith is obeying in spite of consequences. You see, James chapter 2, verse 17, you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. What does dynamic faith look like? The first thing in the dynamic faith is faith that, that sets, steps out. Abraham had to take steps to do what God said. He had to step out. He had to get the wood. He had to load the mule. He had to bring the fire. He had to bring the knife. He had to do all that stuff. It was a stepping out. The woman with the issue of blood, she stepped out. I don't know what, what, what yours is and what you need to do to step out, but God, I promise you, if you're living in dynamic faith, God's calling you to step out and believe him for something. God's calling you to step up, step out. Maybe you need to speak out at your job. God's saying, step up, son, daughter. Maybe you need to step up. Speak out to your spouse. Speak out to your problem. Hello? Anybody got some junk in the trunk? Speak out to that thing. You're not going to rule me. You're not going to have me. You're not going to take me where I don't want to go. Come on. The hook is out. Y'all quiet this morning. Either I'm preaching good or y'all real sleepy. Both? Okay. Maybe you need to make a phone call, write a letter, or need to quit something. Speak out. It steps out. The second thing is dynamic faith speaks out. Rahab, in the last couple verses, in verse 25, Rahab is, is a Gentile prostitute. Now, if you don't know what a prostitute is, I'll explain. They just sell themselves for someone else's use. And look at me. I'll tell you something. There's a lot of people that are in church that have uh, been a prostitute for things rather than God. I'm glad you love me. But we sell out. It's called a sellout. You know, it's called compromise. It's called, you know what? I don't see a way out of this. I'll just sell myself into this. And it comes in all kinds of forms. It does. You see, what she did, Rahab, you can tell people, I just said, you can tell people's beliefs by watching their actions. You can tell people what they believe, what they love. You spend some time with them. Talk to them. Find out about them. Then you find out their heart and their desire and their passion. Listen, God has given every one of you a God-given passion in your heart. It's whether or not we live by that passion God has put in our heart. Rahab had a plan, but it was a process. It just didn't happen like that. Remember, she hid the spies. And she told him, hey, look, when you come back, I know God's giving y'all the land. Okay, I know that. But you know what? When you come back, I mean, she's going to put a little, a scarlet little thing out for them to know the sign. This is a sign. It's where I live. And remember, when they were coming in the, to Jericho, what happened is they came. The army was coming. They were invading. And she put it out. She, before they came, she said, all right, everybody, come get in my house. Because everybody that's in my house, you will be safe. But if you don't come in the house... 
You're going to die. Okay? She spoke out. Did she step out? Yes. And she spoke out. Get in the house. How many have kids that sometimes you just go, get in the house now? It's not nice, but you're trying to save them from something. Amen? You see the kids running across the street, and there's a car coming. The car lands at you. Hey! The kid goes, what? Get out of the road! Oh, the car. Man, I went test drove a truck the other day. I didn't, I'm not buying. I can't afford. But it was nice. I mean, you're backing up. And when and the guy goes, hey, wait, watch this. And he's, he's, it's coming. And it goes, beep, 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 beep. When it's, the, the car's coming, like, I have a, my, my truck's 10 years old, right? I don't have anything like that. I mean, beep, 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 beep. I go, dang. I'm getting wrecks listening to buttons and horns. I wouldn't know where to go. I'm, not, I'm thinking, but see, see, sometimes, sometimes we want the indicator, God, when are you coming? Is it now? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is it now? But here's the problem. Here it is. Sometimes dynamic faith has to work, and it's a process, and we don't like the process. It's called patience. It's called long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? Suffering long. Okay, look at me. How many of you in some long-suffering right now? You know what? Let me tell you something. You know what? Let me give you a word. Right before you feel, let me tell you, the devil wants to break you before the breakthrough. He just wants to break you before the breakthrough. You just hold on. Hold on. Hold out. Don't give up. Don't give in. Step out. Step, speak out. The last one is dynamic faith works out. Not the exercise kind of workout. It's a process sometimes, and it takes time. You know, I could come to you, and I've heard guys go, yeah, how many push-ups? Oh, man, I could do 100 when I was in high school. That was high school, son. But I don't know if you can, you look like you're hot-centered. I don't know if you can put your arms. I mean, you can I mean, just. Is that what you used to could do? That I believe this. When you walk in faith, it's not that, you know, Rahab had a plan. It was a process. And part of that process, she had to work it out. Sometimes we've got to work out our faith. It doesn't happen all the time. Like you think it's going to happen. How many you know what I'm talking about? It's not going to be your way. It's going to be his way. And you just got to go, it's my will being crossed by the will of God. And God's will is greater than what I thought or what I could do or what you could do. Sometimes dynamic faith has a process that it works in you. Look at me. How many of you have had moments in your life where you go, man, how is this going to work out? You ever had your back against the wall? Oh, my God, how am I going to make this happen? Well, trust me, son. Daughter, trust me. How am I going to, are they ever going to get it? Are they ever going to get it? How many of you got some relatives like that? Are they ever going to get it? Are they ever going to get it? Can I look at me? Yes, they will. They'll get it. But not from you. 
Yeah, I want to give it to him. Yeah, how many of you want it? Man, let me, Lord, just turn around. I'll give it to him. <laughs> That's not what God wants. May make you feel better, but the Bible says the anger of man does not fulfill the purposes of God. That's in James as well. I felt better after being walking in anger a few times in my life, but I, I didn't leave the shrapnel. I didn't like the shrapnel that it left or the hurt or the devastation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And see, what God's really speaking to us about is that, you know what? If you want to have dynamic faith, it's faith that steps out. Dynamic faith speaks out. Dynamic faith works out. It works out. Stick with it long enough, I promise you, and you'll see it come to pass. That's the thing. See, the Bible says this. God is the God of all what? It's easy. Starts with an H. Ends with an E. Thank you. He's the God of all what? Hope. So look at me. I mean, this is corny, but he'll give you the hope to cope. He'll give you the hope to cope so you don't become a dope, all right? And I can go down the wrist, all right? If you're on dope, he'll give you hope to cope. Then you get off a of dope. I used to be a dope head, so I understand all that. Here it is. God wants you to realize, is that, you know what? When you try to do it yourself, you're not going to, you, you just, you're going to fall flat on your face. He's the God of all hope. He's the one that you can hope in, hope on, hope with. It's my faith coupled with believing what God can do and then me taking action, what he's asking me to do. Because see, sometimes we just say, I got faith. Well, faith by itself isn't going to get you to what you need to do. Give you an example. God told me to come to Jennings. Well, I could have never started. We could have never started the church unless I put a foot forward. And I promise you, right when you put your first your first step forward, that's when the devil comes. And he puts doubt, unbelief, all that in your head. I'm even talking about. God's telling you to do something, and you're going like, this is my step, this is my step, this is my step. Lord, I'm stepping. Lord, you're watching. He's going, I'm watching. Make another step. And the devil's going, oh, you can't, you can't do it. You, what do you, you know who you are. You know who you come from. You know all your fault. Look at that. You, I'm going to tell everybody you did this. I'm going to show them. That's where you just got to, God, I trust you. I trust you. Because look at me. The Bible says that God looks not on the outside. But he sees things differently. Remember we talked about last week? God's got a different perspective. God looks in the heart. And what he's doing, he says, I'm looking at the fruit. How many of you know God, God is a good fruit inspector? And the thing I love about it, the fruit, think about it. It's called the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruits of the Spirit. And that's how you tell them. They have patience. Are they kind? Are they loving? Are they patient? Are they? That's a fruit inspection. That's all it is. Now, if there's outbursts of anger, jealousy, all the other, you know, I can go down the, you know, cursing, wild partying, all that. The Bible says that's the fruits of the flesh. How many of you knew those at one time in your life? And you said, no more, baby. 
hanging that up. You see, let me just close with this. James chapter 2, verse 26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. The very moment you separate your body and your spirit, you're just a corpse. You're a corpse. But you separate faith and works, you become the same thing. A corpse. Something that's dead. You see, Philippians says this, Dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. I love what he says, Paul saying to the Philippian church, Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Let me just read that again. I want you to hear me, what the word of God says. This is not my words. This is, this is words of God. It says, it says dear friends, we, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Paul's telling them, work hard. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Let me ask you a question, and I'm, I'm done. How many of you will please God? I know we all do. Here it is. It's faith. It's dynamic faith that believes God. Not dead faith. Not s- superficial faith. Not a faith that is, it's, it's, it's a lip service without lifestyle. Not a faith that walks in fear and doubt, but a faith that believes for something you cannot see. And it's filled with hope. It's filled with hope. And you know what? You don't have to be deceived because, you know, the Bible, the thing I love about the Bible is like, if you want to know, let me just say, let me just, I'm going to wrap it up. And it's, This book is about, it's a story of a father and a son's love for each other. That's what this book's about. That's what it's about. It's a story. It's a story how that if that God made us. How many of you think if, if he's the designer, how many of you think he might know what's best for us? But we got all these intelligent people think that they know more about God, more about how humans should live and what they should do. And now they're finding why we have diseases and things and all those different things that work the way they do and all that. Because we're outside the design. Like I shared with you a couple weeks ago, let your car break down. You're pulling out the owner's manual. Why? Because it's the design of the car. You don't pull it out only when you're... See, listen, don't pull this out. When you go, I need a word right now. You should have been in the words. Because what happens when you're in the word, can I tell you what happens? The words come back to you. Words just come back. He said, man, he goes, I'm a refuge. I'm a shield. You can run to me, and I will be with you. I will protect you. I love what David said. I will walk in the valley of the shadow of death. I shall fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. When my son left this morning, he's not here. Luke had an all-star game. My wife's just like, she's sick. I'm like, why, man? 
And we're looking for people to sit, take him, you know. But he looked at me this morning. He said, Dad, this is cool. You see my hat? God was telling me, it's my helmet. He said, you see my bat? It's my sword. You see my cleats? Those are my shoes. My, my, those are my feet to share good news. And I go, what's your jersey? He goes, my breastplate of righteousness. He's 11. He's, he's telling me this. And I said, and I said, son, you know what the ball is? The fiery darts of hell. Knock it out the park. And then under his little thing he has right here, I can do all things through Christ who strains me on his, on his little beam, beam thing. And it just, that's my son. Look at me. We're God's children. God wants you to knock it out the park this morning. The lie is that the devil just tries to remind you what you used to be, not what you are. You're a child. You've been, you've been bought with the blood that covers you. When the father looks at you, he sees no blemish, no shame, no fear. He sees a daughter and a son that he's looking to help, to support, to give, to empower. Amen? That's what he wants to do. Father, this morning, I thank you. Just lift your hands to heaven. Where you are, just stay in your seat. Father, I thank you this morning for everyone here. God, you have such dreams and such desires. For everyone that's here this morning, just to reveal yourself fresh and new and strong and mighty. Now, Lord, I rebuke every assignment of the enemy in Jesus' name that's come against your child, that's been bought by your blood. And, Father, today we know that there's fiery darts that come at us. But, Lord, we thank you that, God, that you've given us a shield of faith. We have the sword of the Spirit. Now, Father, help us to begin to use the armament that you've given us. The Lord, we're not protected. We're not naked. You've covered us. We walk in here. We're not, we, don't have clothes, we don't have clothes of shame. We, have, we, we, we wear grace clothes now. You've covered us. We walk in your grace and in your power. And, Father, for those that are here this morning that just need you, they're in a moment in their life that they just need you, strengthen them. Strengthen them right now. Strengthen. If that's you, just say, God, strengthen me. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. I need your strength. I need your grace and your power. Just ask him to strengthen you. He's here. He's here. He's been here since the beginning of the service. Before the service started, he was here. Strengthen God. Lord, you see the battles we've walked through and walking through. Strengthen. I pray, Father, you would fill people fresh and new with the baptism of your Holy Spirit. Touch each heart. Touch each mind. That God, give us your mind, the mind of Christ. We think differently. We think out of the box. God, raise people up in this, in this room to be mighty, to do mighty exploits this week. Not some time in the distant future, but this week. God, help them to speak out. Help them to step out. Help them to walk out of all that you have for them. I pray it right now.
mighty name, Jesus. All you need to say this morning is say, I receive. Say it with me. Say, I receive, God.